On January 7th, 2021, Maya Malete made a phone call to her attorney that very possibly led to her death. That evening was the last time anyone saw her alive. And by October, there would be an arrest made. But still to this day, we don't know where Maya is or if the arrest was even warranted. But let's start with what we do know. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Maya met her high school sweetheart and future husband to the backdrop of the white sandy beaches and rainforest-covered mountains in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii. Maya was originally from the Philippines, and Larry, her husband, had recently located to the islands following a gang-related stabbing that landed him in juvie the year before in 1997. But the two hit it off and were married just out of high school. Following that, Larry enlisted in the U.S. Navy, and Maya attended the University of Hawaii at Manoa. The couple later moved to San Diego, where Larry continued his service and Maya pursued a degree in international studies, graduating with honors from the University of Southern California at San Diego. She was driven and passionate, teaching herself guitar and piano. She also enjoyed singing and writing songs. And sometimes she did covers, like this one, which I can't help but love. Maya and Larry extended their family in 2010 with the birth of their daughter. Then the following year, they had another little girl. And in 2016, they would close it out with a son. So now, a family of five, unfortunately, the couple were experiencing some marital hardships. Maya's friends and family were alleging that Larry was physically abusive throughout the marriage, even choking her to the point of unconsciousness. They alleged that Maya had said on numerous occasions that she feared for her safety and that of her children's. Maya and Larry had joined Maya's sister and her family for a camping trip the weekend before she went missing. On this trip, Maya's sister, Mary Chris, claimed that the couple was arguing about the trip. She claims it wasn't the first time the couple had fought in front of her. She said it made the trip quite awkward. Nonetheless, the couples returned home to life as usual. Maya even texted with her family throughout the next week with plans for another family trip. Until January 7th, when all communication just stopped completely. Around 5 p.m. that day, Larry claims that Maya left the house to, quote, blow off steam after having an argument with him. When she returned home later, he didn't see her, but claims she went upstairs into her room and shut and locked the door. He heard her, but still hadn't seen her since she left. Maya's family was growing worried because her and many other members of the family were planning a big getaway to Big Bear Lake for Maya's oldest daughter's birthday on the 11th, which was the upcoming weekend. She was also typically very active on social media, 
and hadn't been able to be reached there either. On the 8th, the family says all of the family's phones went to voicemail, including Larry and the kids' phones. They were mysteriously back on, though, on Friday the 9th. This is when Maya's parents went to the house to check on Maya. They had had enough. Since Larry was claiming that she had been locked in her own room for over a day now, they were going to see for themselves. They showed up and demanded to be let in. They went straight to the room and were able to open the door, even though Larry claimed it was locked and had been since Thursday. Inside, they found no one. Maya wasn't there. Even more strange, her purse and keys were still in the room and her car was in the garage. The only thing missing was her phone, an ID, and a credit card, none of which have been found or used to this day. A missing persons report was filed at 1 a.m. on January 10th. The police searched the Malete house and cars. They gathered video from security cameras in the neighborhood. Days came and went. Maya missed her daughter's birthday, and now the family, if they had any doubt, they knew something was wrong. Maya was a very involved mother. Her family says there is no way she would have missed that event if there was any way she could have helped it. Then, by February, Larry Malete did something that shocked all of those around him. He obtained an attorney and quit cooperating with the police. He claimed on January 8th he had visited the beach with his son, and that's why his phone was off, and that he didn't know where Maya was. He still hadn't talked to her since the 7th of January, according to him. This naturally caused police to turn their interest inward, to Maya's home life. It was then that they discovered her last phone call was to a divorce attorney's office, and that she had set up an appointment for January 12th, the Monday after she disappeared. Just hours later, Maya's phone was cut off and has never been activated again. Police then uncovered some strange and disturbing things about her husband, Larry. It was then revealed that Larry had been contacting spellcasters online and purchasing spells that were aimed at incapacitating Maya. He was trying to do this in an effort to save his marriage. He claims Maya was having an affair and the only time that she was nice to him was when she was sick or hurt. So he wanted her to break a bone or have an accident so she would have to rely on him. Then in late December of 2020, the aim of the spells was not Maya, but instead the man who Larry believed she was having an affair with. He even tried to target and have harm come to the man's children. This was some of the evidence the police were using to build a case against Larry. It's very unusual for any prosecution to bring a case without a body, but in the state of California, there is a case law that reviews the absence of a body as circumstantial evidence. This is the direction the prosecution will be going with their case against Larry. They will basically use the fact that there is no body as evidence that he harmed his wife. Another piece of disturbing evidence is that Larry has a built-in shrine or altar for Maya and covered it in his own blood. This, the domestic violence, and the now impending divorce will all be presented as the motivators for Maya's murder. As far as what they believe happened, the DA is alleging that Larry killed Maya on the night of the 7th, and then on the 8th was gone the majority of the day driving out to dispose of her body, probably even having his young son in the car with him. He claims he took the boy to the beach for the day, which reminds me a lot of the disappearance of Susan Powell, who we covered in episode number 34. 
These are two cases where the wife disappeared and the husband claims he took the kids out on an activity that they can't seem to recall just a day later. Larry seemed to change his story multiple times, especially in regards to the location of the beach. A neighbor of the Maletes did capture some weird sounds in the area that night. Many believe they are gunshots, but this is yet to be proven. Hear for yourself. Now Larry was found to be in possession of not only numerous registered guns, but also several illegal firearms. He was also found to have internet searches on his computer history in reference to several different date rape and or knockout drugs. All of this, of course, combined with his missing wife will be used by the DA to prove his guilt. And in October of 2021, Larry was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife. The most recent developments came when a judge denied bail for Larry. He will remain in jail until the time of his trial, and he has now lost his phone privileges after violating an order from the court that specified no contact with his children. A request for custody was filed by Mary Chris, Maya's sister, but was denied. However, the judge did mandate visitation with her and her sister's children. The children will remain in the custody of Larry's parents, who they have been with since the father was arrested. The search for Maya has never ended, and her family plans to continue looking until they bring her home. Anyone who may have any information regarding Maya's disappearance is asked to please contact San Diego County Crime Stoppers at 888-580-8477 or CVPD at 619-691-5151. No matter how small the detail, we ask the public to share that information with investigators or Crime Stoppers. And with that, I'll let Maya play us out. I hear the clock, 6 a.m. I feel so far from where I'm due. I got my eggs, got my pancakes too. I got my maple syrup, everything but you. I break the yolks and make a smiley face. I kind of like it in the brand new place. The spots above the room. Seem like a beautiful soul, huh? Mm-hmm. Maya. Why are, you, why are you picking these cases? Like Maya, uh, Kenny Veach, <laughs> and then Maya, you're like trying to make me cry every single one I record. That's the point, right? No, <laughs> that's not the point. I have to tell the story. I, well, I guess I probably picked these two because I did get inspired by them. I'm sure you did. Yeah. I don't know how you could. Right. These are... And these cases, they suck. The families are left with, you know... It's one thing to lose somebody, but it's it's a whole 
other thing for for you to not know, to never know. Absolutely, to never have that closure. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. Okay, so well now it's, you know it's that part of the show. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to say what we think. I think it's obvious in this case, right? But it's all circumstantial. That is okay. Yeah, it feels like yeah. I'm pointing at you, Larry. <laughs> right. I'm pointing at you, Larry. Really odd, like we've eliminated everything else. Also, but... as his parents. How do you keep these children? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I I'm not saying so like they don't them. love the children, but like how do you tell them that their father, your son? Yeah, what do you say? How do you go about that? I have no idea. I guess it would depend on, on whether or not they believe he did it or not. Probably not. You know, and yeah, that's the but thing. Either they're, way, they're even they're if the they parents, did. So e- they're, they're going to hope he didn't. Even if they did believe. I mean, they would probably still want their grandkids. Of course, obviously. yeah. Yeah. Because most likely their son's probably going to jail for life. Yep. So I'm sure they want anything that's remnants of him. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We've seen that so many times um, where people go missing, but they had a child. And, you know, the grandparents, the, the mother of the missing person, whatever, the father, they will stop at nothing mm-hmm. to get yeah. those grandchildren. So, I mean, get that. Maybe, maybe Maya's parents... Aren't the, around anymore? I don't know. Do you know anything about whether her family could have taken? Her the t- I know her sister. Yeah, her family is trying to get custody of them, but at this time, the court decided because they are where they are, it is just best to leave them where they are. Mm. Which you know, th- that's hard to argue with. To say you should take them out, just, oh, just because you know, because like you said, these are still their grandkids. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. It was right. Larry this whole time. So that you have to think of it that way. They didn't do anything wrong. They are innocent people and they're also their these kids' grandparents. But at the same time you're sitting at home as like Mary Chris and her family and you're worried because now somebody you believe to be family just did something that made you lose faith in in everything and everyone. Right. And you're you also know? thinking, if he's capable of that, what exactly. is his father capable of? Exactly. You know, what is his mother capable yep. of? Um, but it's just all the evidence around it, though, with just with the search history, and he was trying to hurt her. Like, that's so... That's so psychotic. Like, yeah. the way he was wanting to make her sick. Like, I don't think I've ever seen... Um, a male character say that in I say character, but a male um, per, what's the word I'm looking for perpetrator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of any crime, say that they just wanted to make someone sick, <laughs> so they depended on them. That yeah. just seems like such a motherly thing to do. That's like a Dorothy Puente, mm-hmm. you know, Sacramento sweetie type deal yeah. right there, uh, where you keep people weak so they have to count on you, and if if not kill them that way. Yeah. But. It was odd that he fessed up to that. You know what I mean? That he came forward with that information. About about the spells? About the spells, like trying to incapacitate her in any way, shape, or form. He didn't just like come forth with it like they found it on his... He had been purchasing these spells. Okay, but we know his reasoning, so he had to have said that. You see what I'm saying? We can't just... These are email exchanges. That's how they found all of oh, all okay. of this out. He is purchasing either way. It's from his mouth. Though. Actual spells from people online and has been for some time. He's been getting scammed. Yes, and he's emailing these good, people good. with what he wants, like what kind of spell he wants and he, what he wants to happen in them. Right, right. So that's where the evidence came from because they were able to go to that website where he was purchasing these things. 
and find this information out. And he was purchasing sedatives. Yes. Well, not purchasing them, but he was Googling them and like trying to find out about them and could, mm. and had no explanation as to why. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he They were just in his search history, like fentanyl, or I can't remember which ones it was. It was yeah. like three different ones and they were, they're all just date rape, date rape drugs. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Okay, so all fingers are pointing to Larry. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see how there's there's any other explanation for this. But being charged with the murder and being convicted, two completely different things. Yes. Is his search history, is him acting weird um, enough to convict him for this murder? I mean, he's definitely not getting life, I don't think. Yeah. No, I mean, no. uh, I definitely don't think he's getting a death penalty. I'm sorry. Well, for one, he's in California, yeah. so he's not going to get the death penalty. He's. I think but, he's very lucky that he's in California because if he'd have been anywhere else without a body, I think... See, I, even in California, though, I worry that he won't get convicted at this he point. He might not. Because, like... I know I don't have access to everything that the family does and the lawyers do and everything, but everything that I have read and that I've searched through all this time, like, I'm like, yes, it absolutely seems like he did it. But as far as physical evidence, they're not releasing a whole lot of that. This is a new case. Like, he just got arrested. So... Like, we can't see what it is that they see. We don't know if, like, when they searched the house, they found, like, blood splatter all over the place or or what it is. So right. it, from the outside right now, this looks like y'all are fixing to blow it. Yeah. He probably poisoned her is what I'm thinking. He poisoned her. He kept her in, his, in her well, what room. What about the gunshots? Sick. Oh, yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. Those do sound like gunshots. That's what's so weird. On the day she went, you know. Why are there so many gunshots? I don't, that's what gets also, me. Also, listen, I want to... Why did no one hear them? I want to make this clear real quick, guys. I cut some of the later gunshots. So, like, the last two gunshots actually happened more spread out, but there was mm-hmm. just so much dead space. I didn't yeah. want you guys listening to a fucking dog barking for, it's you know, like, it's like a minute. three and a half minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's it's just a weird amount of time. Um, But I don't... If these aren't gunshots, I don't know what they are. Yeah. The, and then the sound waves are... Ex- are consistent. They are very So like consistent. if you're saying, oh, it could have been somebody smashing, hitting something, hitting against something. Well, every time someone hits against something, especially from a distance, they're going to hit it in different ways and whatnot. This is the, just the sound registered so consistent. Yeah. Every single time. Mm-hmm. It does sound like. As if it's a gunshot yep. <laughs> from the exact distance away over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it's. But it's like, why, why were there so many? Why were there, why was there dead space in between? Like, yeah, you know, there's, that is there's odd, a lot right? of questions. Like, why did nobody hear? Um, there were did, weird screamings, like screams in there that were. They were very faint. I don't know if you guys really picked up on those. If they were like dog or human even mm-hmm. because of the, the amount of dogs that were going off in the video too. Right. So that makes it, I mean, that makes it really hard. It's just odd. Like how many gunshots? Five, six gunshots? I can't remember I right it was now. Eight. But eight total? Yeah, it was eight total. Okay, so eight gunshots, and like nobody thought anything about this in the neighborhood. It's in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. a very close neighbor, like like the one we lived in in Vegas. It's very like cookie cutter. The houses are right, right beside. Reach each out, other. touch your neighbor. Yes, and that so many gunshots. Not, yeah. 
I mean, but then again, if it's inside of a house, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it plenty of times. There oh my is, goodness. We it, heard our neighbors like screaming at each other. I was about and... to say in Vegas, there's kind of a don't ask, don't tell yeah. kind of mentality as far as your neighbors. Like you don't know your neighbors. Yeah. Not at all. It's just normal because it's such a revolving door of a town, yep. you know, people are always coming and going and then, you know, people are from all over the place. And so they kind mm-hmm. of. When they when they move there, I guess they just they, I guess honestly though, living that close, it's better to not know your neighbors. I think sometimes honestly. we got to know some of the neighbors. Like a lot of the problem, like you said, people are from everywhere. Yeah. So like the, our neighbors on one side, they spoke Mandarin. That's right. They did. They did. And we had no idea. Then they had like a four year old that interpreted. Only like so. some members of their family could speak English. Yeah. So yeah. we had to like talk to him and him interpret. So that, that made it difficult to get to know those people. No doubt. But any, yeah, anytime you hear screaming or. But any, but what we're trying to say is like that. there was a lot of looking the other way. Yeah. I seen a lot of suspicious shit. Like I would walk around the neighborhood all the time, ride my bike around. Um, and it's just like, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless unless I see someone in obvious duress, I'm not gonna but call I, the cops on. Like, I don't know. It's I think just... the biggest thing with this is though that Larry can't prove where he was the day she, after she disappeared. Right. Okay. And then he is the only person that has seen her really in person, person and physically for almost a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. I know her phone keeps going and keeps texting up until the seventh. I don't know if anyone spoke to her. His excuse of she's in her room mad yeah, with the that, door locked. Come just, on, man. Oh my god. What is He's that? just full of shit at this point. But um And then her parents come, open the door. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not locked. What are, what are you doing? It's just I wonder what they have physically. And it, that's it. I don't know. And they wouldn't really be letting on what they have, no, right? Not at all because so we really don't know brand right now. New, so they could have I mean, they searched that house I think it was like eighty something times. Yeah, it was some some insane number like that, and they searched the house eighty times. He's he's got a couple guns he hasn't uh, come forth with, and he says they're with other people or whatever. Yeah, they're with claim. her body. That's where they are. Well, we Wherever. have no idea. There is exactly. one. There is like one gun in particular that is missing, and they're like, it's like a small handgun. They're like, where is it? Yeah, it's with her body. That's where it is. It's very possible. And a small and her handgun would probably have somewhere between nine and fifteen rounds. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. That would that would be perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Larry did it. We'll see you guys next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll see. No, no. Let's see what Lauren thinks. I'm going to be surprised if he comes up with something different. Yeah, me too. All right. Let's kick it to you, Lauren, for the Lauren synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren... It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The murder of Maya Miglietti. And I almost feel inclined to use her maiden name, Tabalanza, just because of how her life ended and what that last name represents. Um, being her husband, Larry Miglietti, who I believed ended her life and made the last portion of her life miserable. Um, She went missing from Chula Vista, California in January of this year, 2021, and was last seen around 5 p.m. January 7th. Um, And there was a 
gunshots heard from the neighbor's security camera system at that night at 9.57 p.m. I actually went on YouTube and you can listen to the audio from the neighbor's security system. It's pretty, it's pretty graphic. Like I, I really think you can, uh, between shots one and two, you can hear her screaming. It almost initially sounds like a, like a dog and there is a dog that starts barking later. But when I listened to it a few times, I think it was Maya. Um, and there was an excessive amount of gunshots. Um, and apparently their children were heard playing outside that night out back. This sick, in my opinion, this sick bastard, her husband, Larry killed her that night. There's a lot of like Chris Watts to this, um, obviously different motives here. Chris Watts was the one, um, that had been cheating and he, Larry, in this case, believed that his wife, Maya had been cheating on him. Um, there was alleged, uh, propositioning, um, over the prior months for him to, you know, him trying to hire a hitman to kill whoever he believed his wife was cheating on him with, um, rather than looking inward at himself. And and I'm not even saying she was cheating necessarily, but like a lot of these narcissistic dudes, they, they, instead of looking at themselves and like wondering why would my wife want to cheat on me? Maybe it's because you're a controlling scumbag to her that abuses her. Um, rather than looking at that, it's like all about how, how can she do this to me? And I'm going to kill this fucker that, you know, is, is sleeping with my wife. You know, of course they never look inward at themselves. Um, so yeah, she goes missing in January of 2021. Um, there's that audio. And then the next morning there's a very Chris Watts esque scene in which uh, he pulls backs in his Lexus. Um, and I, I picture it, I haven't seen the footage, but I picture it being like Chris Watts where the, you know, the back end of the vehicle is in the garage and you can't see what's, you know, being loaded into this vehicle shortly thereafter that he leaves with his youngest child, um, in the car, leaving his two oldest at the house and is gone for over 11 hours. Um, leaves his phone at home, which is damning to me as well. He's supposed to be at work that day. Supervisor's trying to contact him. Later, uh, it would be discovered that a 40 caliber Glock was missing. Um, there's so it's such an overwhelming amount of, uh, circumstantial evidence in this to me that I, he has an upcoming trial. He's been arrested for murder. I can't imagine they didn't find blood spatter all over that house considering there was nine shots heard, you know, um, in that house that night. I believe they were gunshots hundred percent. Um, and so I can't imagine they, how well he could have cleaned it before they searched it. it. The house was searched multiple times. It was searched in May and July. Um, uh, but there's just so much, so much. There's motive. There's a violent history. We know he had a gun that's gone. We know there was the gunshots and the audio from the neighbor's house. We know that, you know, his activity, he was the last to be seen with her. Um, she was filing divorce papers right on that day that this happened. Like, there's just, there's just no way that the jury could not see this as anything but him being guilty of this crime. Um, in my opinion, even if they don't find a smoking gun, if you will, you know, some sort of, if they don't find the murder weapon, they don't find her body. I still feel like you can't really get much more circumstantial evidence than they have. You know, this is one of those cases that hopefully, you know, Hopefully they find her body, to be honest. That would just make it that much easier for closure for the family and also to get a conviction. Um, but I don't think they need it. There's just there's an overwhelming amount of circumstantial evidence in this to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe Larry will be found guilty whenever the trial occurs. Um, but hopefully um, he finally gives in and, and tells the police where he took her body so that they can get some closure. And it's, it's a terrible 
terrible thing. This, this, you know, this piece of crap had kids and who knows what the kids witnessed. You know what I mean? Like how much, like if the kids were home when he shot their mom nine times, they had to have seen some of the aftermath. They had to have seen some of the blood, the, the youngest, what did that youngest child see when he went on that 11 hour trip to dispose of this, you know, this child's mom? Like it's, I can't even fathom the evil this, this guy is, he needs to be locked away. There was even a, like supposedly a black magic element to him trying to, you know, control, get control over his wife after he thought she was cheating on him. This guy's an evil, dangerous narcissist that needs to be locked away in my opinion. And I think hopefully the jury does the right thing and finds him guilty. Hopefully the prosecution lays out everything and more, uh, just like, this is just some of the evidence that I've heard you know, that makes him look guilty, but they have even more, I'm sure. So that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. Well, I freaking enjoyed it. I'll tell you that. Excellent synopsis as always, Lauren. And I forgot about the, uh, the Chris, the Chris Watts esque scene that Lawrence describes there. Um, I did see that mentioned in a newscast. I didn't see the footage either. Um, I don't know if, uh, if it's available online, but they described footage of him leaving the house that morning, and he was the only one to leave the house. Um, and obviously they couldn't tell what was in the vehicle or whatnot. But interesting. That's just more circumstantial evidence. And uh, we'll be following this case, guys, for sure, especially as fresh as it is. We will definitely definitely be following this case. And, of course, all these opinions are our own. Please don't get upset if your family members whatnot. This is just what we are basing our opinion on based on the information that's available. And as always, guys, if you'd like to check behind us or see what we used for this episode, look right below the description on your podcast player right here. And we have source links, um, links to the YouTube videos. Uh, Maya has her own YouTube channel where we pulled these songs from. Hopefully she doesn't mind with all due respect. Uh, thank you very much, Maya, for those songs. They were beautiful. And I thought they were necessary for you to get to know who she was as a person. And speaking of getting to know somebody, I'm excited to get to know some new patrons that just signed up at patreon.com slash SNU podcast this month. I want to say a big thank you to Nikki Kane, Jacob Rhodes, and Beth Arden. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on Patreon at the $5 tier. You guys will get access to Sandu Stories every month, Strange Shorts every Monday, as well as Higher Thoughts every two weeks. And plus, whatever other wild hairs I get and things I want to post on there. I appreciate that so much, guys. Again, that's patreon.com slash podcast. But if you're unable to subscribe to Patreon, no big deal. Subscribe on your podcast player, whether it's Spotify, um, uh, I t- where do people listen to podcasts? I don't know. I just spend all my time making them. I don't. I don't freaking know. Uh, iTunes Podcast Attic, right? I don't know. Apple Podcast. That seems to be where all our uh, listeners are going to these days. But hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button if you're on Spotify. It helps the show a ton, guys. And if there's an option to leave a review, please do, and I'll give you an awesome shout, like I'm about to do for these amazing folks. Uh, my first review here from Chris. Chris says, "I can't get enough of true crime, guys." was recently moving and decided to binge all the Sandu episodes and Strange Shorts while packing. Whew, what an undertaking. Uh, the time flew by. It's nice to revisit because Michael and Kristen give such detail, details, such great detailing of the cases, and great personal input comes from them and Lorne. So it's like bringing the conversation back up. 
So glad Michael is available via Patreon and Snapchat to discuss the classes, uh, the cases, I'm sorry, she wrote classes, but I'm sure she meant cases, uh, when I have my own input. This podcast goes every extra mile to make sure the take gets told and told right. Thanks. Art be Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, she mentioned Patreon and Snapchat. I check those uh, multiple times a day. And if you're like, if you're on the ten dollar tier on Patreon, we can be Snapchat friends. So that's what we do. You could Snapchat me stuff. I'll Snapchat you guys a little insider stuff when I'm in the studio. Um, you know, just different stuff. Might snap you just to say good morning. That's how I do it. But uh, another review from Marked for Life. Left a five-star review, says, another great pod. Really love the show. I'm a Patreon on True Crime Guys, and I'm feeling the heat to sign up here. Keep up the great work. Ha ha, I'm lighting that fire under you, marked for life. You'll be a patron in no time. I don't know why I'm talking like, I'm, why I'm going slightly Irish there. Um, now, next review. This this one, this one I really don't have a problem with, because they put five stars, and uh, their name that they left a review under is just a bunch of letters. It's like the middle of the keyboard, you know, it's like, it's like G-A-G-S-J-X, you know. So obviously they didn't want me to have any idea who they are. Um, But they said, the show's great. And then they go on to say, the show's great. But if you don't know much about a case, find out before taking it on. So there you go. I'll I'll take that to heart. Thank you so much. Good to get together. Next review from Ninja Nikki 18 Left a five-star review. Said, I love this podcast. You guys are enjoyable to listen to throughout my long 12-hour night shifts. I especially love the breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. Because I work at Amazon and I dance to that song every time it begins. (laughs) Right on. I'm sure you break down a lot of cardboard boxes at Amazon. (laughs) No doubt. I appreciate it, Ninja Nikki. That's a dope dope, uh, screen name there. And then one more from April April K. Norwood. Left a five-star review. She said, I love this podcast. I like this last episode. Very interesting. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. That's right. That's what Lauren's doing every single episode. Well, not every single one. Sometimes he misses, and then there's been a few times where we've uh, miscommunicated in the fact that I didn't tell him the case soon enough. So, you know, you have that. Growing pains. Growing pains. Either way, guys, I appreciate your support, and however you support the podcast, you can also check us out on social media, at SNU Podcast, um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. It's all part of the metaverse now, right? Whatever. Look me up on the metaverse at Sandy Podcast. I'm, 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 everyone's going to be on it. You're already on it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, getting off the rails here, as per usual. I'll see you guys next week. All right? Be strange. Don't be strangers. Peace.